Welcome to season one of the Real Nickasized Experiment, a podcast where during season one we are exploring the idea of the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God. Because we believe that when we understand what Jesus is talking about, when he describes the kingdom of heaven, we'll have a better idea of what it means to be Jesus followers here and now. So let's dig into something together. What if I told you that in order to live life to the fullest, actually just have life as it was actually meant to be, the best way that you can have that is to understand the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. This is why I think that understanding kingdom is so important to us if we're Christians. Because I think if we're ever going to actually have life to the fullest, life in Jesus, this is of paramount importance. And when Jesus teaches about the kingdom of heaven, he does it in parables, these short stories that he uses as analogies or metaphors to explain something bigger. And he knows that it's hard to understand them because he wants people who want to dig in with him. He says, for those who have ears, let them hear. So he's consistently asking those who really want to know, just lean into this thing with me. And he speaks in these stories. So like, for instance, in Matthew 13, he tells this parable. Uh, He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed planted in a field. It's the smallest of seeds, but it becomes the largest of garden plants It grows into a tree, and birds come and make nests in its branches. And the very first thing that I often will hear when I I share this parable with somebody is they're like, well, it's not really the smallest seed. See, ha, the Bible is wrong. And honestly, if you think that the point of this parable that Jesus is telling you about the kingdom of heaven, if you think the point is that the mustard seed is actually the smallest seed, then you're right, it's wrong. If you actually were aware of the context of Jewish culture, though, you would know that a mustard seed is actually this thing they talked about a lot. It's used in all sorts of metaphors and analogies. And so Jesus is speaking within the culture as he would any other time. He's not actually saying that this is the absolute smallest seed that will ever be found on earth anywhere at any time. He's saying it's the smallest of seeds in the same way as Every other rabbi uses the mustard seed in different examples when they talk about things that are small. What we have to look at this, though, and and realize that the point is, is that the kingdom of heaven starts as a small thing. That's the point of this. Not that the, the smallest seed is actually a mustard seed. It's that the kingdom of heaven starts as a small thing, a tiny thing, a thing that appears as but a speck if you put it in your hand. But when you plant it, When it finds good soil, it grows into a plant that's the size of a tree. It's a plant that's so big that birds can find rest in it. It's it's so big that birds can build a nest. They can build a home in it. This thing that starts out as a speck essentially grows into a tree. That's the point of the parable. It's small things. It's small moments Out of these small things, unbelievably amazing, large things grow. I mean, the way that Jesus tells these parables and talks about the kingdom, we have to understand that he's intentionally trying to 
help people understand that the kingdom is here. It's near. It's right now. It's contagious. It draws people in. The kingdom has already begun. And if you have ears to hear and eyes to see, then there's actually a way for you to experience and advance the kingdom today. So a little earlier in Matthew, uh, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Jesus gives this sermon. We know it as the Sermon on the Mount. And he may not have actually given this sermon in one big shot. The way that Matthew records it, it could just be like a best of compilation. These are all the teachings of Jesus in one spot. He also could have actually gone to a hill and given this sermon over the course of many days. But what a lot of people do, what a lot of scholars will call this sermon is the manifesto of the kingdom or the manifesto of the king. It's as though... Jesus' entire ministry is spent talking about the kingdom of God. And in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he takes the time to explain what the kingdom of God looks like. This is how people act within the kingdom of God. And so when he, tell, when he gives this sermon, there's something in here that applies to every single person's life. So just for instance, let me tell you about some of the topics. It talks about murder and violence. Marriage, adultery, divorce, swearing, revenge, giving to the needy, talks about being showy, talks about worry and anxiety, judging others, false prophecy or false teaching. I mean, he talks about everything. And so so tell me that when you look at Matthew 5, 6, and 7, or you just listen to the list I read, tell me there isn't something in, in that list that we can all work on. Tell me that there isn't Something in that list that if we lived in a way that actually reflected the values that Jesus is sharing, that this place, this planet, this earth, this community, this this culture in which we live wouldn't look more like the kingdom of God. You see, each of these things is a mustard seed for your life. It's a small thing that starts as a speck that grows into something that's like the size of a tree. So your decision to give to the needy today, it's a mustard seed. Your decision to actually spend the time on your marriage and with your spouse that they deserve, that's a mustard seed. Your decision to stop paying attention to all the things that cause you stress, worry, and anxiety and trust those things to Jesus, that is a mustard seed. When you decide to stop judging other people, it's a mustard seed. And we have no idea how big the tree will grow. We have no idea if that mustard seed that's planted in us today, if the decision we're making today will grow from a speck to a tree that someone else will find rest in, that someone else will build a nest in. You see, the kingdom of God starts as a small thing. It starts as a tiny thing. It grows into a big thing. Jesus wants you to know that the decisions that you make Today, those decisions impact the people around you because your life isn't just your life. See, we live in a culture that tells us that our life is all about us. But the truth of the matter is your life is about way more than just you because your life affects other people immensely. When I was growing up, I had this pastor that I loved deeply. And uh, he died a few years ago. I was at his funeral, and they were telling stories about him. 
And one of the stories that came up was from like the 1970s. He was doing ministry in California. And on his way home one night, he came across a group of people beating another person. And when I say beating, I don't just mean like schoolyard bullying. I mean, one person's laying on the ground being kicked and hit by a group of people. And you know why? Because the person on the ground is gay. Now, this is the 1970s, so far less socially acceptable to be gay today than before. Not that I'm saying that those who are coming out of the closet right now don't have their own challenges. Absolutely. It's a tough world, no doubt. The 1970s is a different game yet. And in the 1970s, to be seen as a supporter of LGBTQ rights, again, it's a hard place to be. Further, to be a pastor in a conservative denomination and be seen that way would be even harder. So you could see why it'd be really easy for this pastor to come across, come around this corner, see this thing happening, and keep walking. You got every reason not to involve yourself. But for some reason, that's not the road he takes. He makes a decision in that moment to jump in. And here's what I love. It's not like Rambo. He doesn't jump in and beat up the attackers and they go running off. He doesn't jump in and convince everybody to stop doing what they're doing. He doesn't present some gospel message in a sermon that's so compelling that everybody just sits down and listens. He gets in there and he uses his body as a shield to protect the person being beaten on the ground. He uses his body as a shield to protect the body of a stranger. You see, this moment when he comes around the corner and sees this group, this is a mustard seed moment. It's a moment that starts out very small that could have huge ramifications. We don't know if somewhere out there there's an old man who was one of the attackers who shamefully tells his kids, you know, there was once a time, I'm ashamed to admit, that I was a part of a group of people that was beating up a gay guy. But I saw somebody come in and use their body as a shield and it changed my life forever. That story could be being told out there somewhere. Likewise, a story could be told that there's an, there's an old guy who's gay and he's saying, there was once a time I was getting the crap kicked out of me and a stranger came out of nowhere. And you know what? He was a pastor. Can you believe that? A pastor of all people. And he'd used his body as a shield. So when, when they kicked, he got kicked. When they hit, he got hit. You understand how wide reaching my old pastor's decision was? Do you understand how that story could be being told in a variety of different places in a variety of different ways? Now, let me tell you one more. Let me tell you exactly how that story was told. Because the thing, the person that it impacted the most was my old pastor's son. It was he who told the story at the funeral. It was he who, as a teenager, remembers his dad coming home beaten and bloody and bruised because he laid his life down for another person. It is he who would carry that for the rest of his life. That would show him what is valuable and what is not. That was a mustard seed moment for my old pastor. And it greatly impacted his son, who was my youth pastor when I was a kid. 
We have no idea how far-reaching the decisions we make are. But it seems like we are so scared of failing, or we are so scared of what others may think, that when the mustard seed moment comes up, we choose to walk away. My friends, if that is the church, if that's what it means to be a follower of Jesus, I guarantee you right now that this whole thing is better off being done over and dead. That's not what this world needs. That's not what Jesus is proclaiming. When Jesus puts the mustard seed moment in your life, he doesn't want you to bury your head in the sand. He wants you to jump in. And you know what? It might cost you. There might be a few people that look at you sideways because of it. You might get a little judged because of it. But you might just change someone's life. Because I guarantee you that night, when that situation happened, there is nobody that was involved that didn't have their life changed in some way or another. And I guarantee you, in 1970-whatever, there's no way my old pastor would know that after he was dead, I would hear that story 50 years later. And it would have such an impact on me. Friends, who you are, what you do, and what you say, right now, here and today, in the name of Jesus, in the name of God, in the name of spirituality, in the name of doing good, whatever you want to call it, it could change the world around you.